everybody. Welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl Shanice coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 284 and today's topic is Power Book 3, Raising Canaan, episode 305 titled Brothers and Keepers. The description reads, tension between Ronnie and Unique comes to a head. While Kanan clashes with both Rock and Famous, Juke bonds with her bandmate, and Lou works to revitalize Cafe Vos. Howard's attempt to manipulate the task force backfires. So y'all already know how we do. We about to get into it. We about to break it down. And we about to dissect it scene by scene like we do over here on this platform. After that, I will play the trailer for episode six episode. And then I have a sleeper for you guys in my Joe Budden style. Shout out to the pod father, Joey. As always, if you guys need to get in touch with me for any recap requests with that being a TV show, a documentary, movie, docu-series, um, if you have any music or brands or any businesses that you're working on and you want me to um, shout them out for you, promote them, everything is free of charge. You can contact me on Facebook under Alicia Shanice. Instagram, Alicia Shanice Reviews. Email, Alicia Shanice Reviews 13 at gmail.com. You can inbox, DM, or email me for anything like that. Or if you just want to say what's up, that's cool too. I love whom loves me, and I love to spread love back, especially to those who support me. Also, If you listen to the podcast on Spotify, can you hit the follow button? It helps me out in tremendous ways. And if you're on Spotify, check out my music playlist. Just go under Shanice Loves, type that in. One playlist will populate. Just click on the picture profile. It takes you to the rest of them. And I have every genre because your girl got some long range music ears. And my book is officially out, The Tale of the Park Hill Crew, which I will be reading every Friday in January. Um, Probably it's going to start the second Friday in January. But go ahead and get that book. Catch up now. Get started on it. You can get the ebook or you can get the paperback form. It will be, if you get the ebook, it's downloaded instantly. If you get the paperback form, it will be shipped to you soon as possible. The link is in the description and the name is The Tale of the Park Hill Crew. You can get that on Amazon. If you have a hard time searching for it, just click on that link. Or if you want to inbox me, DM or email me, I will get that link right to you. Please support, 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 support. And I can't wait to share that with you in my own words starting in January where I will be reading it, dissecting it, talking about it, letting you know why I came up with certain storylines, what inspired it starting in January. So on that note, I have ran my mouth long enough. Let's go ahead and jump into the show and let's talk you wrong. Let's talk unique, y'all. Let's talk unique. 
need is one mic. Hey y'all, it's your girl Shanice and I'm just coming in and check in with y'all to remind y'all to protect y'all energy as I always say. Life is at, you know, we have very different stresses at all time high. Why not go ahead and take you guys a nice vacation at a reasonable price with a trusted travel agent, you know? And that could be a solo trip, a trip with your boo thing, a family trip, a girl's trip, a guy's trip, whatever. Just let me let y'all know this right now. Visit T Booked It. T B B O O K E D I T. Follow them on Instagram on Instagram. Or you can send them an email at tbbookedit at gmail.com. The world is a beautiful place. Let them go ahead and help you discover it. Go ahead and release those stress vibes and go ahead and enjoy your vacation. At TB Booked It, they got all the reasonable deals. And just let them know, your girl Shanice, she sent you there. Her name is Shanice, and she's the one. All right, y'all. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. I got. Damn, you need. Take a step to be the best that they let me the rest. BBS over my chest, it got the BBS. Ain't no tips in my two door, I want to see you set. Cause if I paid enough, the fuck was bad to see me coming. I used to drive my mama bucket ride around the front. On Snyder Avenue, building number 3400. I gave this shit my all and nothing, now my face busted. I'm living plush, no friend, costing Ellie plus. Six figures on every hard piece of paying up. Little niggas still spending on the obvious. And if you think I'm blessing now, just wait till I'll be here. And just to sum it up, Shining on year long. When I was coming up, they tried to tell me that was wrong. I had to run it up, and now I'm right where I belong. If all my niggas did it gone, I gotta carry on. I pray the Lord have mercy on the niggas' souls. Reminisce, reminisce, like it's 
When I say that Joey Badass album, when it came out the summer before last, I kept that song on repeat. I believe I played it for a couple of my sleepers a few times. Man, before we even break it down, dissect it, let's just give a shout out to Joey Badass. Man, he embodied, embodied this character. He brought the authenticity. He brought that that edge, and it was so realistic. And I always said, even from the beginning, I'm like, he give me that, you know, that Prince from the Supreme Team, the Prince McGriff. He just gives me that energy, you know, just to fly, the dark chocolate smooth skin, the swag, that 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 hustler that hustler mentality and Joey Badass embodied that role, embodied it, did the damn thing. And he'll definitely be missed. Uh, I, we, we, we gonna, we gonna talk about it. I, I was very um, disappointed, shall I say, when I got to the end of the episode, I think my mouth just stayed dropped for about two minutes straight. And I was just like, really, really crazy ass Ronnie. We're going to, we're going to get to crazy ass Ronnie. We're going to, we're going to get to the one who was not my brother's keeper. So this episode opens up and we see crazy ass Ronnie from the beginning. We see crazy ass Ronnie from the beginning on some straight up stick up kid type shit. You know, rolling up on dude. He like, nice ride. Lightly just holds the gun up, takes the key, gets the pillin' off. I'm like, damn, nigga, you ain't worried about getting pulled over the way you skirting all around these cars like you ain't never drove before to Cypress Hill. Like you really insane in the nut brain for real, for real. So, like I said, when we seen that from the beginning, I think we all knew that we were definitely getting a crazy ass Ronnie scene. And not only that, um, I want to just, I meant to say this in the opening and I do apologize. Um, I do want to keep it on the show, but I did see when I was out of town that a leak did come out. So some people already knew what was going to happen, but when I seen a leak was out, I hurried up and just skipped past it. I don't support leaks. Um, you guys know I have made myself, I've initiated myself. I am an honorary Greenlight Gang member. So I support everything 50 Cent and I try to do it the right, the right way. So if leaks ever come out, it won't be me um, talking about them, recapping them. I want to do it the right way. I know how much the writers, the actors, you know, the cast and crew, how much they put into these shows. And they really do lose a lot when they do leaks. So some people were already privy to what was going to take place in this episode. But I did see it was a leak out, but I just ignored it and kept on with my day because I don't support them, especially not for the power universe because we want to keep everything going and the leaks really hurt the show. So just shout out to the whole the whole entire cast and crew. And I just wanted to 
say that part because yes some people already knew what was going to happen but i had no idea so that's why my mouth just stayed you know dropped like that so it cuts to the next scene and it goes to rock's house with kanan on the phone in his room giving orders to famous because you know he can't stay at the apartments no more and he up there telling famous not to fuck shit up and rock come in there like you know what you're talking about and he's steady giving her the cold shoulder one answer questions and you know just me and how Kanan is like this is the Kanan that we are getting in this season where he is very nonchalant rock and I can't wait to see that turning point to see what's going to happen because he just can't keep ignoring his mom like that I mean he can but it's going to definitely be some type of trigger or change so I can't wait we know eventually rock will be back in the game and I'm assuming that you know, they either going to have to work together or it's going to be something. It's going to be something. It's going to be interesting to see on how they work her back into the game. And with him, he's basically got all 10 toes in. So we'll see how that plays out if she's just going to give in and let him hustle, which we know that's what he'll be doing in the future anyway. Or will they become rivals in a way? We have no idea. So um, he's steady giving her the cold shoulder. And then it cuts back to crazy ass Ronnie showing up in the middle of the night at unique spot like Candyman on the loose with bifocal glasses on. And he show up basically to let him know that he can still, you know, rob and hijack cars and to let him know that he's no longer living with him or Pernessa. So I'm just like, really, Ronnie, you just like to do shit to do shit. You like to pull up, stalk, stare, you know, choke out. You just ain't got shit to do. But just iron your clothes, watch TVs that's not on, eat folded pizza, and now hijack cars and go knock on people's doors to give them a message that they really could give a damn less about. So we get into the next scene. And Marvin has lunch with Gerald. Now, you, we all know that him and Gerald, has, they've decided to look out for each other. Miss Renee is gone. The group was really important to them. It helped them out. So now they're like, we'll look out for each other. We've seen Marvin do that in the last two episodes. And, you know, Marvin is there and he big and juke up. You know, he letting them know like, yeah, juke, she in the singing group. She also sung about 50 of them other bitches. I mean, young women. You know, Marvin is trying, but... He's still Marvin. And Gerald tells him, you know, he's telling Gerald, like, you know, you should write about her in your column. They're not showing us this for nothing. So we know something is definitely going to come with some type of business uh, with Gerald. You know, we know he we knows he works for a newspaper. So something definitely will come out of this. I'm not for sure. I don't ha really have a theory yet of what it'll be. But it's definitely going to be something with his whole um newspaper you know articles that he, that he's working on and um gerald goes to talking about how he would love to write about her you know a young girl with talent coming from the other side of the tracks and marvin like er, i don't live by no tracks gerald <laughs> when he said that they so Marvin and I loved it and it was funny as hell because we don't, you know, us in the inner communities, you know, we don't say we lived on the other side of the tracks. That is something that you, you might hear more white people say. We like, yeah, we live, you know, say over there in the hood, or we might even say ghetto, but we, we we say we basically say, Yeah, we in the hood, you know what I'm saying, or in the PJs. We don't say no, we on the other side of the tracks. That's not what we say, girl. <laughs> 
But Gerald tried to clean it up in a hurry and goes to tell him now how he heard a murder went down and the male got killed. Uh, his uh, his grandmother was deaf and she might have been in the house when it happened. So as he's telling him this and he's saying the name, Marvin like, hold on, Dean? So, you know, he hurried up and bounces out quick. Like he got to figure out what's going on. So we get into the next scene. And Rock goes to her place of business to find a vandalize from no other than, you know, the Burton Ernie cops attempting to do another friendly extortion. But, you know, Rock holds it down, puts her glasses on, kind of smiles, and politely tells them to fuck themselves. I mean, she didn't say that, but she said it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because they're like, oh, we could keep this away. We can even keep this away. We can do this. We can do that. Rock like, no, I'm good. I got insurance. No, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just keep trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. And one thing I've always said, it kind of irritates me on certain shows when they, like, they show the hustlers, the drug dealers, the criminals just killing cops and getting away with it. I do find that very unrealistic because it doesn't happen. You know, hardly ever. Uh, once one of the boys in blue go down, they are on a rampage. They don't they don't take too kindly to losing their own. And I've always found that a little annoying when we see so many of it. But if these two go, I'll be happy. <laughs> so we go into the next scene because we know that these motherfuckers will be back to bust out another window. And it shows Lou. Luke shows up at Shirley's bar and they talk about, you know, updating the records because she don't, she's still playing the same old record she's been playing since the seventies. And he like, we got to get you some new ones in here. And you know, my pops, we still got all his old records. So he tells her that he'll bring them in and he tells her about, he's going to visit the radio station to promote, you know, the hip hop night. So, you know, they're all happy. They're business partners. Lou was finally, we're getting back to seeing that Lou that we're used to seeing, you know, um, cleaned up, smelling good, looking fresh, um, don't have a drink in his hand. So we go into the next scene and 5-0 runs up on Famous and the Bicycle Boys, but they only take Famous into custody. So we go into the next scene and Marvin goes to tell Rock about Dean and, um, Neither one of them know exactly what happened to him. They don't, you know, they ain't heard nothing in the streets about it yet. Some about the streets is low. And they kind of just catch up on that brother and sister talk. You know, he tells him like, tells her, like Dean was, you know, looking out for him on, on some money tips, you know, saying as far as, you know, sliding them some things to move. And she like, look, I'm tapped out. I'm tapped out. I'm already dealing with this shit with these damn Burton Ernie cops. And he tells her about, you know, him putting money into lose, you know, business that he's doing with Shirley at the downtown club. And Rock ain't trying to hear it. Rock, as soon as he said music, Rock wasn't trying to hear nothing else about Lou. We all know that Lou has had this fuck Rock attitude. And now Rock is like, well, if it's fuck me, it's fuck you too. So she was like, fuck Lou. <laughs> And I laughed. I laughed because it was funny. Y'all know I love me some rock. 
So Kanan ends up finding out that Famous was took into custody. And he don't even really ask too many questions. The only thing he says is, I knew this nigga was going to fuck something up. He just know it's Famous fault without even knowing it's Famous fault. But whenever Famous mess up, I, I don't even get mad at Famous. I get mad at Kanan. Rather, it's Famous fault. Or not, because Famous told him he didn't want to be a hustler. It wasn't in his blood. He wanted to just sit and get high, jack off, smoke weed. So whenever Famous mess up, I laugh. I laugh. And I don't feel bad because Kanan, he told you he didn't want to be in the game. But technically, you know, Famous was sitting there doing whatever thing he was supposed to be doing. He was, on, you know, in public, of course. But, I mean, he, was, he wasn't just sitting on the couch. He was actually doing what Kanan told him to do. You know, and when you're on the corners, you know, eventually you get caught. So we go into the next scene. And Neek takes Ronnie <laughs> to the China spot. <laughs> and, you know, he telling them, you know, about how the new operation going. He telling them that he going to give him that, let him run, you know, let him have that part, run, out, run everything out of there. Now the two people in the back who own the restaurant, the husband and the wife, they sitting in there talking in their language, talking shit. They ain't happy about neither one of them being in there. But Ronnie just looking around <laughs> and Ronnie, his ungrateful ass, he wasn't feeling it. He wasn't feeling it. And the way how he sat there and got the mean mug and neek and the way he was just looking around, didn't see no type of vision, I knew where I recognized this nigga from. I mean, it's not this nigga, but it is this nigga. <laughs> I thought about Calvin, y'all. I thought about Calvin from Pay to Full. When Calvin got out of jail, you know, he came from being a man, got locked up for a little bit, had to go sit down, got out, ace boogie the man, and he just wanted what he wanted. And whatever Ace did just wasn't good enough for him. All he had to do was sit down. He getting 10 stacks a week and he just ain't happy with it, right? That's who this nigga Ronnie is. If Unique is trying to put some shit together. But this is where guys like Ronnie messed up at around this time. They got locked up, had to sit down for a little while. But when they got out in the early 90s, the game had changed. The war was over. All that shit about having lines out of the, in the public where you selling crack, they were over. The government, law enforcement, they they were letting you guys get away with the shit. They were letting you, it was, it was you know, they had bigger things to do, shall we say. They had bigger shit to do. But when it was time to clean up, they took y'all ass to jail, and that's when they created the third strike laws and everything else to go into effect with that. So Unique is seeing the game change, and he letting Ronnie know, no, I got you. I'm not doing nothing without you. I got you. I'm not fucking with Rock on that type of tip. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fucking with Rock, but I'm not fucking with Rock on that. It's me and you. I got you. But we got to move this way, and Ronnie ain't hearing it. Him or his fucking glasses ain't hearing it. And it was just this entitlement. It was this ungratefulness. It was this selfishness. It was him not wanting to hear. All he heard was rock, 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 rock. Every time Nick is trying to let him know, okay, we're going to do it this way. All he hears is rock, 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 rock. He like, no, but we got the rock, 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 rock. So this nigga just wasn't 
hearing it. He was not hearing it. He wanted it his way and no other way. So, of course, he storms off, pissed off as usual. So we get into the next scene. And we see the group Butter, a.k.a. J.I.C., the Juke, Aisha, and Crystal, and the fake generic Pebbles. They're going off on Aisha moves because she's not able to keep up. This Crystal chick, she is bougie. She is a little bitch. <laughs> they were just very rude to Aisha. Um, <clears throat> Fake Pebbles is letting her know early on. It is early in the game and she can be replaced. I mean, we had everybody dogging Aisha out. I, the choreographer, the diva Crystal, the Fake Pebbles. It, they threatening to replace her. I mean, it, the only person who was attempting to try to be a little cordial and nice was Juke. And Juke even offered to help her at the end of their um, rehearsal. And I felt bad for Aisha. <laughs> I felt bad, but I do realize that, um, you know, when they put these music uh, groups together, which a lot of times that's how they did it. Back in the day, we had a lot of groups in the early 90s. Some of them girls didn't even know each other. They would just put them together and it would be, you know, if you don't have it together by the second day, they would replace you. So it's true to form, but, you know, they were still assholes about it. So we go into the next scene and we go down to the precinct and we see... You know, with all these task force and everything that they have going on, they are not playing. They're trying to clean up everything that's been going on in Jamaica, Queens. And one of those cases is the guy, Freddie, who famous killed in season two. And we know that the old man across the hall seen everything, seen him run out. And, you know, he had talked to the police as well. So they bring him in, they get the questioning of him, but Famous does hold it down, especially for him being famous. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't say anything. So after that, we get into the next scene and the social worker shows up for a pop-up visit over at um, Canaan's, but he's not there so rock kind of got you know play off like oh he just hasn't made it home from school this normally isn't like him you know he's normally home by dinner you know so she putting on her mother of the year oscar award performance she invites the lady in and to long story short the lady went by and nothing rock was saying but she does decide to give her another chance but let her know oh i'll be back and no you will not be warned i'm just gonna be back when my schedule permits me to be back but Kanan is not there. Kanan is over at Famous House. Kanan is over there making sure his business is running properly. He's putting the bicycle boys back out on the corner. And crazy ass Ronnie appears out of nowhere like, you know, Candyman with glasses and accusing him of selling heroin for Unique. And Kanan was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, shit, something about heroin. <laughs> and that's what I was saying to him. Like, uh... When he started selling heroin, no, he said we like the first thing he said, you rocks boy. I mean, that's all Ronnie care about is rock, 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 rock. And he not even paying attention to this little nigga is hustling weed, not heroin, Ronnie. Go sit your dumb ass down. You ain't never even seen him have a conversation with Unique. <laughs> So Kanan was confused, I was confused, and I'm sure you guys were confused too, right? So we cut into the next scene. 
and we get a scene from Miss Thomas. Now, we have not seen her since um, the season finale in season one when Raquel went to, you know, do her Oscar award performance like she was going to church and not having her son shoot his dad. But we see Miss Thomas, who is cold as ice, and we see where Raquel gets it from. And she's talking to Lou. And, <laughs> you know... She she's telling Lou about how Rock ain't been giving her no money, how Marvin doing whatever he doing, and she ain't trying to hear nothing about this music stuff because music is what brought their daddy down. And he had to let her know, like, music ain't what, you know, singing. That ain't, that, ain't, that ain't what got rid of dad. Basically letting her know it was probably her. She probably drove that man crazy. But, you know, she's going on and on and on. Lou keeps it respectful, throws her some money. But as she was going on about that music and telling him it was just a dream, <laughs> she reminded me of Rita Mama and Sister Act 2. Singing will not put food on the table. Singing will not put clothes on your back. But she put a little Jamaica Queens remix on it. Like, singing will not do this. Now get your ass on the corner and make some money. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Miss Thomas is something else, but I want more of a backstory from their parents. You know, it seems like they have a very interesting past. Um, even, you know, I wanted more of, of the, their past, of them growing up as well. I know we can't get all of it because it's about raising Canaan and not Raquel and Marvin's growing up history, but I just want more because it seems so interesting, especially when uh, Rock sent Canaan away after he shot his dad and when she went to go visit him to, well, to go pick him up and she was speaking to her relatives they had brought up brought up something or hinted to something happening with her, her family back in the day so i just want to know what that is it just seems interesting and her mom is very cold so i i just think she would be a very interesting character to show more of so we get into the next scene and Howard meets up with one of the dudes from the task force who tells him that the um that the whole Camacho uh Kingpin theory it ain't adding up. It it's not adding up and, and they ready to close this case so the feds can get the hell out of their way and they can move how they move. So Howard tells him that he will look more into it, but we know Howard ain't gonna look into nothing. So we get into another crazy ass Ronnie scene. And he goes to see battered Juliana, who now thinks that she's the queen's version of Griselda. Now, this is the bitch I can't stand. Juliana, I, I'm ready for her to go. And I don't want nobody to take her out but Rock. I want, I want it to come back full circle. Bitch, when Rock saved your battered ass from your husband and then you became all of a sudden a fake queen pin, I want her to humble you. And I want us to see that little terrified battered woman that we seen in season one. Because this whole new, brand new attitude, this new, I got a new attitude, I'm just not feeling it with you, Juliana. So she's even tough with Ronnie. You know, I'm like, damn, this bitch and got her hair poked up. And now she just, it just gave her a whole new personality. And she goes to talking. Well, I thought my husband was going to always be my husband. But then he was gone. And he was no longer my husband. Like, bitch. <laughs> Ronnie like, Unique's going to always be my brother. Got them, listen, Unique, uh, you keep unique name out your mouth from what you did to him, sir. <laughs> but, you know, they have their little trade-off words. And, you know, he leaves. 
she picks her hair up a little bit more and walks in the house. So we get into the next scene. And Famous gets, um, he gets out, goes home. Kanan is there. Kanan has a weird attitude towards Kanan. I mean, no, Kanan has a weird attitude towards Famous. And it's like an attitude that I don't kind of understand. Because like I said, whatever Famous does, Kanan is your fault. You brought him into the game. He told you he didn't want to be in it. You forced it on him. You basically bullied him into being a drug dealer. But Famous really was out there doing what he was supposed to be doing. Um, but Famous ends up telling him, you know, about the Freddy situation. And that's why he got brought in. Now, one thing I did like about this scene, I liked it what, what, what Kanan told him. Like, nigga, don't you ever say that shit out loud again. Not to me. Not to yourself. Not to your pillow. That shit... It gets buried with you. And hey, I'm, I'm all for that. When you do a crime, once you're done, you never mention that crime again, not even to yourself. It never happened. Deny, 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 deny. It never, never happened. I'm not even going to tell myself it happened. You know, so I agreed with what Kanan told him right there for sure. So we go into the next scene. And Lou goes to the radio station and sees the DJ. Remember Mo? He was in season two, the one who got choked up <laughs> in the parking lot ramp last season when Lou bullied him into playing Zisa's tape on the radio. And Zisa was sitting there laughing like a goddamn sociopath. That's when I knew I liked it. I liked it, Zisa. I said, Zisa with the shit. Lou be doing all this treacherous stuff and she just be sitting there laughing. But, um, you know, he, he goes there now because he needs for him to promote the um he needs for him to promote hip hop night at Shirley's Club. And he don't even have to ask Mo twice. Mo remember that ass whooping from the parking lot and he like, Yep, I do it. I'm about to do it right now. We ain't even gonna wait till commercial break. In that song right there at that hook and let's promote hip hop night. I'm gonna run it three times. So y'all make sure y'all have a packed house. And Lou just smiles and walks out because we're starting to see that old Lou back. So we get into the next scene and we go to Dean's funeral, who I felt went out too soon. I just, I didn't like the demise of Dean and um, I just don't like Ronnie. Ronnie has took out Dean. He, he listen. Now, Rock and Neek, they both was in that funeral looking fly as hell. And I like how they showed Dean's funeral. It looked at like an old school mob funeral. Um, like, you know, how everybody used to be there. They handed money to grandma. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had everybody in black. You had all of the gangster dudes there. It was very old school and how them gangster funerals be. And I appreciated the realisticness of it. And I liked it on how uh, Unique and Rock went outside and kind of played it off and talked in cold. And he let her know that crazy ass Ronnie is on the loose. And speaking of crazy ass Ronnie, he shows up at Neek's house, which he had just told him that he wasn't going to be over there no more. He was tired of living with him and Pranessa, but he decides to go for a visit just to stare at the fish tank. And Pranessa like, what, what you doing here? Didn't Nick give you some work? What, what you want? We out of pizza. You know, ain't no Cheerios here. But this nigga, he don't say a word. He just sitting there staring at the fish and then decides to let her know that Neek is fucking with Rock on some straight sucker shit. You know, sucker shit. Like, why would you do your brother like that? Like, I mean, I just, like, 
What did he just decide to get out of jail and just say, I hate Pranessa and don't want her to smile, so I'm going to let her know every fucked up thing Neek is doing? Like, just suck a shit. So we get into the next scene. And Rock questions Kanan, you know, because she like, you know, you weren't here. The caseworker, she came by, you know, this this could mess you up. Of course, we know she. this is all her fault anyway. But Kanan continues to ignore her. And I'm just wondering how long this ignoring shit is going to work before, before she decides to, you know, snatch him up. I mean, he is a growing boy. So when they get that age, it's hard to get the boys under control. But this is Rock. So... We'll see how long he continues to ignore her. Now, when she gets back into her queen queen pin bag, I don't know, Kanan. I mean, I know you I know you grew up to be Kanan Stark and all, but I don't know, bro. That's still rock. So Aisha gets some help from Jukebox and they get, you know, friendly with each other. They joke around and, you know, she tells her about Nicole and Juke, Jukebox ends up, you know, inviting her to come to hip hop night. And you can tell Juke might, you know, be feeling her. And we got Marvin watching in his car. He's smiling. And Marvin is really trying to be the best dad he can be at this point and trying to be supportive, especially from how everything went down when he found out about um, her relationship with Nicole. He's really trying um, in every sense of the way to be the best dad he can be. You know, they even uh, pull off bumping into that Houdini friends. You know what I'm saying? I got the dancing. Talking about some friends. How many of us have them? That was the shit. And that is on one of my music playlists too, by the way. If y'all listen to my podcast, go to Shanice Loves the 80s and y'all see all my favorite hip-hop 80s songs, you know. So, Pernessa uh, ends up making Unique a sandwich and giving him a glass of water. And, you know, he all happy getting ready to eat. Like, thanks, babe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Pernessa like, so how long you been fucking rock? <laughs> Typical nigga shit. He like, what? He get to yelling. <laughs> yelling like it's her fault. And he can't even say nothing. But you you took care of, right? You took care of, right? You want to question me for some bitches? And Pernessa like, hold on, bruh. Rock just ain't no other bitch. Hey, come on, y'all. We got to be real. Even if you a dude, we got to be real. Any woman would have her type of attitude. Rock is not just no typical bitch nigga i don't give a fuck how much you keeping the lights on how much clothes you keeping me fly down when you keeping my hair done you keeping the nails this is rock like she made very good valid points nigga your car got shut up with my son in the car with our son in the car nigga you lost your whole business because rock set you up for shooting a cop and you went to jail nigga like everything she said she made valid points like you sticking your thing up in this? Like, I mean, as a woman, I, I I had to agree with her. You know what I'm saying? And then his attitude, getting up, leaving, storming, blaming it on her, telling her she took care of. I don't blame her for throwing the glass at the at the wall after him. You know, she had every right to be pissed. So I, I didn't I didn't, you know, Pernessa, I, I felt that she she had a right to be livid. Now we get into um the last few scenes and the feds bring in um you know just it looks like they brought in a few of the dudes from the basely projects so they can question them to find out really was camacho the one running everything and demo you know the dude in the wheelchair he holds it down but he does just make a comment when he asks him about raquel he like what you know about rock and you know the fed like rock well that's what y'all call her she go by rock so that gives him you know 
they um gives him you know ammunition to bring rock in for more questioning and you know they go to her house and she like you know i'm gonna come in but my lawyer coming with me so the lawyer shows up they question her and he basically the lawyer he like we about to go home they ain't got shit they fishing at this point they trying to build something out of nothing and she was actually on her way to support hip-hop night i mean we don't know if she was gonna really support lou or just show up to tell him that you know what she still owns him and you know his music shit ain't going nowhere who knows where rock was going there for but it looked like it was for support we're gonna give her the benefit of the doubt she was going to support her baby brother <laughs> but um we get into hip-hop night and hip-hop night is a success lou is all smiles well he was all smiles until marvin uh mentioned rock was coming shit for a minute i thought lou was about to go take another drink because he had just told shirley he ain't want nothing to drink he was about to get his act together but that smile went to a frown real quick when marvin mentioned that you know rock was supposed to show up but he smiles again when he doesn't see her so he doesn't you know he, he decides to have a sober night now uh, we see that the tensions are still high between Famous and Kanan since their argument. Because as soon as Famous seen Kanan walking in, he bounced from the table. He was over there having him a good old time. You know, people was hitting the stage. They was rhyming. They was sounding nice. And, you know, he was having him a good old time with, you know, Juke and Aisha. So he seen uh, Kanan walk in. He like, fuck that. I've been working on some rhymes. He went and got on the mic. Sounded good with his new song. F hey i'm like all right famous we see you and you you know what i'm saying you're doing your damn thing up there this is your calling now Kanan sits down and he pulls juke to the side after him and aisha gives a flirtatious hello and he pulls juke to the side you know what i'm saying like that's you and of course we could see that juke was feeling aisha but she kind of played it off like no nah, she's just a friend go ahead just treat her good whoop, whoop, whoop. and we seen kana going over there to spit some shit to aisha and they both were smiling and we did see the hurt look on juke's face now what that scene did to me is it showed me that probably future issues will arise with these type of scenarios because do y'all remember in the original power Remember when Kanan did mess around with Jukebox girlfriend? <laughs> Remember, she was the one helping him get better and, you know, rubbing his thong thong and all that stuff. So I'm like, I wonder would this be something that happens with them where she might start liking different girls and Kanan pulls them? Who knows? Because it just took me back to that scene when they were an adults and when Kanan had to go there, he ended up sleeping with her girl. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to see if that becomes one of their issues in the future. Um, so, you know, the club scene, it was a success. Everybody was digging um, famous. We had Marvin vibing. Shirley was vibing. And Lou was, you know, digging it up, clapping, because, you know, he was working with famous originally anyway. Um, so then we get into the last and final scene, y'all. The last and final scene. I'm sorry. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. I, I just I got emotional, y'all. I got emotional. I, I got let, let's just hear let's just hear one more hook from from um let's just hear one more hook from Joey Badass. I mean, you know. <laughs> 
to Unique's final and last and Unique rolls up pulls up on Ronnie and he is pissed off rightfully so rightfully so um Ronnie Ronnie was doing too much and they got the arguing and 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 when they got the fighting I really thought Ronnie was going to be the one that whooped Unique ass, but Unique whooped that ass. But see, the problem was Unique walked away and left that crazy motherfucker still breathing on the floor. And, of course, he didn't want to kill his brother. He loved his brother, you know. So, of course, he was going to, you know, thinking it was just going to be a brotherly fight like we seen Marvin and Lou in season one. You know, brothers fight. That's what they do. But, but, but. This nigga is unhinged, you know. So he walks away and y'all when when Ronnie went to go pick up that pole when he went to go pick up that pole I said oh shit I said oh shit I, I seen I seen where they were going. I seen where they were going. And I was like, when he got the beating, just beating him. Just beating him. You know, it went off last episode where he was stabbing the shit out of Dean. This time he decided to breed his brother in the head with a pole. And after he beat him with a pole, he punched him left to right to right to left. I said, oh, shit, we just seen Unique's bloody face. We have 50 narrating. When he go to narrating, you know shit is real. Not only did he beat his brother to death, but then he decides to go dump him. So we, we lost Unique, y'all. We lost Unique. Let's take a moment of silence. Goddamn shame what happened to Unique. I was sad and I was disappointed. <laughs> but that was my recap for Razor Cane, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, one thing I'm thinking is I'm like, I don't know if they're going to start getting rid of certain characters because it is called Raising Canaan. Canaan is getting older. 
So I don't know if they're going to start weeing out some of those 80s hustlers and start turning it into a strictly Kanan story where Kanan will be getting into his own. Because, I mean, I don't know if y'all agree with me or on this or not, but like when we watched the show, we might have probably enjoy Unique's character more than Kanan's, you know? So I don't know if they're going to start weeing out some of the older characters so we can see Kanan coming into his own territory, probably, probably getting introduced to Breeze along the way, and eventually, not this season, uh, possibly the end of next season, getting maybe seeing a young ghost or Tommy. I'm not rushing for that, but I don't know if that's where they're going because Unique was such a really good character to get rid of. So I was sad and I was disappointed and I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad and I don't like Ronnie. I don't. He got to go. I, listen, he got to go. I ain't trying to see this nigga make it to season four. You know what power now y'all can do what y'all do best. Y'all know how y'all build these good characters up and they come on badass and y'all get rid of them like that. Y'all don't do what y'all do with Ronnie. <laughs> but shout out to the actor. He's doing an amazing whole the whole entire cast and crew is doing amazing. You know, Patina Miller, everybody, everybody, you know, the whole entire cast and crew. So the actor is knowing what the actor is doing. But I always say when they make us hate them, that means that they're doing a magnificent job. And with him killing his brother, it just did something to me. I'm like, nah, 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 no, you didn't, no, you didn't, no, you didn't. <laughs> but I'm about to play the uh trailer for next week's episode and then i have a sleeper for you guys wesley what you doing just tell me tell me where the fuck he is business is booming my shit is me and me only you want a problem James. it's not even like it's that exactly like that i'm scary too motherfucker let's think about what you did it's about who you are Cats is dropping. Nick Dan gone for good. Maybe you thinking you next? You scared, right? All right, that's episode six. Look like it's gonna be some turmoil in the air. Vanessa, she she was mad as hell at Nick, but she sure about to grab that gat and want to look for him straight over the rocks crib. We only wondering if she gonna walk out of here. Um, it shows Ronnie beating on Juliana door. We seen Howard. Uh, asking uh rock about neek and we seen her actually going to have a conversation with lou and we see it and look like kanan is having more beef with famous and stepping his game of walking into the club so i just hope that they don't rush that i mean i know it's raising kanan and of course we do need to start seeing more of kanan elevate but i do want it to continue to go a little at a decent pace so we don't rush the story through but um i'm I have definitely a lot of trust and faith in the writers, but I am still mad at y'all for getting rid of Neek. <laughs> but I kind of understand it at the same time. I'm pissed about it, but I do understand that it is time to start showing us more of Kanan because it's raising Kanan, and we do need to start seeing you know more of his story elevating. And if we keep seeing other characters who we like more than him and that we want more of, then we won't get that Kanan story right so i get what they're doing but we still mad at y'all all right here is my sleeper and my joe budden style shout out to the pie father joey i had to take him back to the 90s off this one y'all so what you gonna do when you get out of here again i don't know dog just trying to live one day at a time you know? i ain't even talking man live it one day at a time 
that video when I was a kid. That video used to scare me. That Scarface man died. <laughs> Straight classic and Scarface is definitely one of the goats. 
Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Please share, 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 share. I'm trying to grow the platform, especially with us about to start reviewing the book over the um, pod next month. Um, I did just recap um, Nikki Barnes, the uh, story of Nikki Barnes off the Mr. Untouchable documentary. So make sure y'all check that out and share that as well. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about the book. Um, And if you guys are having any problems finding it on Amazon with the search button, I'm working on fixing that now. But the link is in the description box. And if you need to inbox, DM, or email me, I will um, send you that link upon your request. Um, Please hit me up if you have any recap requests that I can do for you. Or if you have any business brands or music that you're working on that I can help you promote as well. I want to spread love back to Brooklyn way. Y'all know I love whom loves me. Or even if you just want to, you know, holler at me to say what's up, need any advice for anything that you're working on and want to start up, please do so. That's more than fine. Um, I do hope you guys are having um, a wonderful holiday season. Even if you don't celebrate it, I just hope it's filled with um, peace joy and happiness and um, comfort. And I pray that you're doing everything that you want to do with your life. You can do anything you want to do, anything you put your mind to. The sky is the limit. Just believe it and you will achieve it. It sounds corny, but no, I'm serious. If you want something, you go after it. Sometimes it fails the first time. Sometimes you fall, but that's okay. It just makes you resilient and just Protect your energy, protect your peace. Stay away from anybody who is an enemy to your energy. So I'm sending my podcast family, who I love so very much, positive light, love, and energy, and thanking you all for your support. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I'm going to try to drop content all weekend. I'll be on tomorrow, and we're going to do a 90s episode, one that I really want to talk about. It's going to be New York Undercover. But I want to do another 90 segment. Um, and then I'm going to do a New Year's episode. That one won't be a recap. We'll just be catching up, talking, um, talking about future plans of the pod and probably playing some music. So I hope you guys tune into that so we can, you know, just talk about the new year and what we have planned and what we're thankful for. So um, I thank you as always. And I'm sending light and love to you all. Um, it's your girl Shanice. And I'm out. Hope you enjoyed the show with your girl, Shanice.